This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm John Champion, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time, over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcast.roddenberry.com for you to choose from science, feminism, even daily news, and all stops in between. Boldly go and find us. When you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcast.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Welcome to episode 35 of the Half Missions Podcast, once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Kanawa. Paul, how are you? I'm good. Kia ora, Dan. Tenakoto kato. It's great to be back. I feel I feel like it's been a hectic week for me, actually, in real life. I'm going to start with that. You know, I'm going on the defensive straight away. I feel, you know, I, when I listen to other podcasts, I've actually been thinking, particularly weekly ones, I have a real appreciation for those voices that I'm listening to and sort of think, you know, when they're away from the mic, what's going on in their lives, you know, and how do they, on a you know, on some of these more organized podcasts, cope when they've got so much going on i don't know maybe they've got their job maybe they haven't got their jobs maybe that's what the, the trick is I, I presume people just power down they just sit there waiting by the mic and then they flick it back on a week later and away we go off the podcast that's exactly how i used to imagine it so uh i'll be interested to see if i've got anything to bring to this episode you're the captain dan i am the captain i am the captain now i like to also think that celebrities are never out of work and that you know for some reason, they've always just got money flowing in for some reason. I don't know why. I just presume that the studios always look after them. I don't like to think any of them either don't have work or can't maintain a lifestyle. I don't know where that comes from. It's just my expectation. Yeah. But there we go. Well, Paul, we've just had a, the big election here in New Zealand. Jacinda Ardern uh, is the Prime Minister for another three years. Mm. Now, we're not going to bore everyone with what have we been watching um, with political talks. We're going to talk about exciting stuff. TVs, movies, TVs, TV show, new, news, movies, reviews, you, you name it, we've got it. Exactly right. What's, what's interesting, Dan, is when we talk about what we've been watching, Friday night is like a primetime night. Saturday night is like a primetime. But, of course, with the Saturday night, primetime night, it's and the the whole weekend was disrupted by the fact that the election coverage was on. So I have to admit, I was watching the election coverage for like five hours. So uh, I probably got less things coming in. I'm not going to talk about the election coverage, but yeah, it does disrupt it. All right, Paul. So before we go down this wormhole, what have you been watching? Well, last week I watched the uh, finale of Breaking Bad. So. I mentioned how I was into the season nine, so I got right through to the finale. That episode is right up there with the great finales of all time, you know, like Homeland, Sopranos, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, all of the good ones, those finales, uh, Breaking Bad is right up there. So it was so good. As I watched, you know, Jesse Pinkman speeding away at the end of that episode and as the credits rolled, I literally just hit play 
straight away on the movie El Camino, um, which I had already got ready, lined up. I, I thought ahead. Um, and as you know, it pretty much picks up uh, with, with Jesse Pinkman speeding away to, to seek refuge. So for anyone who hasn't seen Breaking Bad or or, or the movie, um, this is the, the sequel movie that came out some years later, I think uh, six years after the series had finished. And um, what a treat. I I feel like I enjoyed this perhaps even more than I did watching it the first time around uh, last year. I think being um, so deep into that world and coming off the back of all five seasons and, and then just going straight into that movie, this is the way. It, it was it was great. I really feel like you're watching it the optimal way. Um, and I know that this isn't a, a new watch for you, but uh, I think have a fresh watch and go straight into El Camino. That's beautiful, right? Because for a lot of people – when they watched that, it would have, it could have been three or four years since they've last watched Breaking Bad. It's it's, it's been a while. Right, and actually, as far as I know, I actually don't think we've ever talked about the El Camino movie on this podcast. I actually think that we talked about this on our unreleased pilot podcast. Um, do you remember when we did that before we recorded our first episode? I think you know we sort of did a, a bit of a trial run. I guess you know one day it will be it'll be it'll be famous when it's released. You know, like when they discover people discover like old Beatles tapes before they were famous. It'll be one of those sort of things, right? I do remember that recording, um, and you know, obviously we're known for a high quality audio on most of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, and this one is of no no exception. It's it's probably like at a at a, a fifty dollar plus Patreon tier to get your hands on that bad boy. But it's it's one to look forward to one day and one day in the future, when um, half half measures goes worldwide, the movie gets released, and this is going to be a, a behind the scenes insight into how the origin story of half measures. What a story! I I would pay fifty dollars to, to hear that myself. Um, but yeah, El Camino. I guess look, I guess I'm going to dive into spoilers somewhat. For, so for anyone who hasn't watched it and wants to, maybe scrub ahead just a few minutes. So. For a Breaking Bad fan, you know, this was like a, it was like a perfect present that none of us expected to get, right? I felt that um, the transition, as I said, from like 2013 to the movie 2019 was was pretty seamless as well. Like those characters that Jesse went to see, Skinny Pete and Badger, they fell straight back into their roles. Um, I guess maybe the, the actor who played Todd perhaps looked a little bit different. But that aside, nothing really pulled me out of the moment. Um, and the same with how they handled the cameos. So we had cameos from characters from Breaking Bad, which was just really beautifully done. So, you know, Jonathan Banks as Mike, um, Kristen Ritter as Jane. I really enjoyed Robert Forster coming back as the the, the vacuum guy. And, of course, you know, Brian Cranston as Walt. was. I think that's why I enjoyed it more the second time around, because... I had just watched, and again, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Breaking Bad, I had just watched Walter's death, right? And it was just this momentous moment because this is a guy who right from the very first episode, you're like, you know, he finds out he's got he's got cancer and you, you're just thinking at any point he could go. And so to see him back sat at a table talking to Jesse was just, um, just great. There was just so much tension in this movie. You never know quite what's going to happen with Jesse in any situation. Um and you know I love a tense movie, um, you know. So the, there was also that chance to to fill in some of the gaps 
that sort of like the TV series didn't cover and had the flashback scenes with Mike and Walt. They were they were newly filmed, but they were obviously set in the past. And and the conversation was always around what would you do if you got away? And of course, that's what this movie is all about. What what's Jesse going to do when he got away? So um, and another strength there, and I think this is something Breaking Bad always did well, is it it tells a story where all uh, the guy who we're following has to do is something really simple, but then something happens to make it really, really complicated. So all Jesse has to do is find the the Robert Forster vacuum cleaner guy who basically, if you pay him some money, he can make you disappear and he, he can go and start a new life in Alaska. But of course, when he gets there, you know, he can't remember the secret code question to, to actually get him to uh, admit to being the guy that disappears, guys. Then when he does manage to convince him, he has to pay him the 125000 and he's he's counting the money out and he's like $1,800 short. And so then we get a whole whole story arc based on how can he get this money and it's just it's just brilliant it really is fantastic every time we talk about this paul i get uh excited again thinking about that whole universe and as i've mentioned before i've I've watched breaking bad again recently but just every time i hear you talk about it it makes me want to watch it again i do have one question for you how was the transition from Todd and Breaking Bad to Todd and El Camino yeah. that close together. Well, that, that's what I said about that was the one time it took me at the moment. He's he's clearly aged somewhat in that six year period, whereas some of the other characters, like I said, like well, um, Jesse's parents and uh, Mike and that hadn't. Um, and I think you know, with all due respect, I feel like maybe Jesse's uh, Jesse Plemons who who plays Todd. I, I feel like he's he's maybe. Um, I, I, he's maybe gained a couple of pounds and uh, that I think so close to the end of that series just does, does pull you out. It's kind of like um, if, if you were, if you were to look at the, the Star Trek movies and, and to try and believe that right after one movie ends, the next thing starts and, you know, there's been like many years in between and suddenly, like you said about how Shatner looks all beefed up, it was the same thing here. And it, it is a little bit, and I think they were actually. I think they were really clever at how they did it, in terms of some of the the angles and lighting. Uh, the more I watched it, the more I focused on that. And the more I thought they were making an effort to sort of just, sort of just, just make that less apparent. But uh, that said, his character does some wonderful things, and some I've being the geek, of course, looked at some of the behind the scenes stuff, and you know the scene where he's driving along with Jesse in the back of the car, and then a truck goes past, and he does the what's that? You know, none of the listeners can see what I'm doing, but that sign that that that's that hand gesture that everyone does to a truckie to try and get them to to blow the horn. All of that was unscripted, and when he's got his hand out the window and he's sort of singing along to the music, apparently it was all unscripted. So I just thought that was um, amazing. I love stuff like this. I love a good um, unscripted scene when just the the actors are really getting into it and they're making the the character their own like they know the character they they're in their in the mindset of that character and i i feel like that's such a classic todd scene when he does the um the ear pump to get to get the the trucker's horn i guess the next question straight into better call soul for you correct yes so i have season one lined up ready to go and I was actually thinking I might start that tonight, but um, yeah, I, 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 may, I may save it, but I think by the time we next do a podcast, I would have had a few episodes under my belt because yeah, I, I need to get straight back in. It's uh, like we've talked about many times. 
you just want to keep that cycle going. And I've never done this before, coming straight in and straight through. Um, so I'm I'm excited to do that because if memory serves, medical soul stats stats with uh, soul in the future as Gene. And so um, I think that's quite a nice way to transition with uh, with Jesse off on his new life. It was it was just to back to El Camino quickly. It was great just to see Jesse Pinkman get away and have that new life and it's a real it is a real tearjerker when you see him there and he sort of looks over and his, he's seeing jane then and then it's you're, you're thinking about what could have been in the past but walter walter white what a piece of work that guy is i came away from breaking bad thinking oh he was a he was a good guy he was a chemist teacher trying to look after his family but really he yes that's why they call it breaking bad he really just went bad right I think, and that's the point, I think, on these shows, it actually takes a, a second watch to really appreciate who these characters really are. Mm. And you're, I, I actually don't think you're supposed to like Walter as a character. Like, And he does some pretty terrible things and makes terrible decisions all the way from season one. Mm. But at the same time, this, this whole um, series, combined with a movie, combined with Better Call Saul, which we've still got more – more to come. Mm. Su- such a great package, such a great gift. You know, like a this is always the vision that I had for Game of Thrones that I would every year sit down and, or every couple of years, sit down and watch it. And I, I know that you can with this. Mm. Uh, not so much with the uh, Game of Thrones ROP. Let's not go there. Let's uh, let's move on to what else I've been watching um, because I know we'll both talk about the the two Walking Dead series. So I guess the only other thing I was probably going to talk about was the Discovery season three premiere. Um, and I'm not going to talk spoilers because I know you're going to be going on that journey soon, Dan. Uh, basically, because I'm going to force you to. I think. Um, but what a what a strong opening to a season of TV this was. Um, it, it was it's a real change of direction actually um ash uh from uh Pamson north white star prime on twitter he and i were pondering um the question that is this this season actually something of a soft reboot for discovery by cbs and whilst i think the answer to the question is no i really don't think it is what i do think they've done well is that this series has very cleverly taken the uss discovery in a very different direction to where the USS Enterprise is going. Uh, and when I say the USS Enterprise, what I mean is, is that in season two of Discovery, those two ships come together and that ship and that crew are now going off to do their own thing in, the, in a new, yet to be filmed, yet to be released, obviously, Star Trek series called Strange New Worlds. And so I think what they've wanted to do is rather than have two ships, you know, flying around in the same time zone in the same part of the universe they, they've tried to say okay let's 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 get this discovery ship a, a new arc and um it's 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 working quite well so i guess a minor spoiler um discovery's done a little bit of what walking dead often does um it splits our characters up um and so they're away from each other they're away from the ship so it does mean we get to see them in a more human more um raw kind of exploratory going into the unknown type situation again whether that's deliberate or maybe it's related to to covid i don't know but as someone who's seen i don't know let's see let's add them up how many seasons of star trek three plus seven 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 four so say let's 30 seasons of star trek as season openers go, I would put this in the top 
five of those 30 seasons, maybe even the top three. Real good, strong set. That's incredible that you obviously know how many um, seasons there are. But just one small gripe I have on Discovery, and this is – it's probably more of a Netflix challenge for me. And I know that Discovery actually isn't on Netflix all around the world. It's CBS or um, it's Netflix in New Zealand. But they are constantly playing for me the trailer for uh, Discovery Season 3. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen the other seasons. And I feel like in that trailer, within the first three seconds that it plays, mm-hmm. I feel like they drop what I imagine is quite a big um, right. plot point. Yep. And I so, what it is, yep. Yeah, and so it's kind of um, – it's not a great way to kind of get people interested in the other seasons. What were it is, I don't know. I think, because I, I haven't seen the the trailer. Um, as I said, I was avoiding it, um, and as such, I've had that big wow factor. Um, I think how you watch Netflix – this is really going off topic – but how you watch it and how you use the app – can determine whether those ads and things start playing. So I don't go – do you go through like a smart TV or do you cast from a phone or what do you do? Yeah, and so that's where I think the thing is I always cast from my cell phone. I don't use the the app on the TV, mainly because our TV is a few years old. It's a bit clunky. But I think the integrated one is is sort of geared up to start playing those things straight away. But I just think with with all the the data and analytics and the technology, they should be able to say, be able to see, okay, this user profile has not seen any of this series. So if we are going to show them a trailer for Discovery, let's make it the season one. I don't know. Yeah, and look, it's probably not a major in the scheme of things, but and a lot of the time I try to make sure those are muted so I don't get the the audio. But it, I, I feel like it catches, and this, this isn't purely just about discovery. I think you know Netflix does this all the time, um, and quite often trailers are quite spoiler rich. So, mm. and if you do want to have those well moments, you you know that that magic gets lost pretty easily. Yeah. So, and I guess the only other thing I'll say about this episode, again, staying spoiler free, is that. Um, you know, Sonika Martin-Green, who, you know, you know best as Sasha from The Walking Dead. She is just such a terrific actress. There's a scene this in this episode where her character, Michael Burnham, gets uh, sprayed with like this truth serum. And, and it's just hilarious. It, it's very unlike any Star Trek scene I've ever seen, at least from my perspective. Or at least I found her to be just really authentic. She was, She's just a great casting decision as the main protagonist. You know, a, a real good steal from Walking Dead, um, which I guess was why she left that show, which gave us that great exit, you know, when she was in the coffin with the headphones and then went after Negan. So, yeah, real good. Good times. And so anything else that's been on your watch list? Um, no, only the, the Walking Dead shows, which we'll talk about together. So I'll um, I'll hand over to you, Dan. Cool. Well, I don't have a lot. Um, that I've been watching. We've actually been putting all of our energy and effort into finishing off season two and season three of Killing Eve. So we've completely finished off uh, that that series now. And I know that there's a a season four in the works. Overall, really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed the the first season was definitely my Mm favourite. I enjoyed season two as well. It started to sort of, I think I... I reached peak Killing Eve near the end of season two, and then I kind of found season three like it was good, but I kind of felt like it was a, a bit harder. You know, when you when you binge a series like that, you often experience it in a slightly different way than was intended. But 
overall, I, I found myself recommending this show to quite a few people. I think it's got a a great um, it's got a bit of something for everyone. It's there's a bit of action, there's a bit of romance, there's some um, pretty good storytelling. It's not too long. It's it's probably just the right amount, and I'm definitely intrigued for a season four. Interested to see where they go. I, there's some really great laugh out loud moments as well. In fact, one of my, my one of my favourites from season three um, was when Villanelle was talking to Dasha about being a manager, and Dasha says to her, "Management's not easy. It's watching someone do a job worse than you can do." And I I just laughed and laughed and laughed at that that, that for for ages. And so I, much truth. So much truth. I think Villanelle is such a a great character. I just absolutely love everything about her the way that she portrays this um russian assassin she's so endearing so charming so ruthless she's a complete psychopath but it's in a in a really enjoyable way so uh, like i'm looking forward to seeing more of it yeah and i hear what you're saying about season three because i think from memory I think Diana felt the same way you just described it. And and I guess that added dynamic about the fact that you've just binged it. The, the, the three seasons do have that similar underlying um, sort of theme. And I'm not going to say that it becomes tiresome, but it sort of becomes somewhat repetitive. And um, you just get the sense that, you know, they're never going to kill off um, Eve, you know, despite the name of the, of the, of the, of the series. Um, it's kind of like a catch the pigeon type situation. They're, they're just never going to catch the pigeon. Um, so I get it. I get it. I just seem to recall myself, I think maybe laughing more at season three and that maybe that's why I've associated it with a, a stronger finish. Cause I think my order was, was one, three, two in my terms of um, enjoyment, but, but yeah, great series. And I can't wait for season four either. And what, and what about that guy? Sorry. What about that guy who got the, the kid who got killed? I mean, that was pretty intense, wasn't it? Oh yeah. So, and this is—I think this is what the show does well. Is I think it—it it actually deals with some pretty dark things, mm. but it kind of does it with a bit of a, a cheeky smile at the same time. Um, and I don't think there's many shows that do that well in a in a in a way that sort of make you you want to keep watching. Yeah, it's good. I think if you're looking for something to watch, I think this is one to check out. That's for sure. Great. The other thing that we've just started watching is we've gone really old school and we are watching Band of Brothers. So this is obviously Band of Brothers is a 2001 uh, classic TV miniseries. And so we've only watched the first episode. Uh, Samara's never seen it. So this is a first time watch for her. We were talking about Band of Brothers uh last week and we talked about it in other episodes that this is the type this is the type of show I can always watch. Mm-hmm. I'm already excited. I'm already sad. I'm already hyped up. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to keep watching more of it. And I think after we've finished it we'll go straight into the Pacific as well. I think it's just a it's a core part of, you know T V shows to know me. This is this is definitely one of them for me. Definitely agree. There's only, you know, what are we talking 10 10 episodes um yeah 10 episodes less than 10 hours i was just looking at it on imdb 9.4 out of 10 from over 364,000 votes i mean that many people can't be wrong 
it's it is absolutely exceptional absolutely exceptional i think and what what's also great is like this is 19 years old mm. and Goodness. it's still still quality and just you know seeing a, a young damian lewis particularly as is um homeland fans mm. it's mm. great to see it makes me uh, excited to watch movies again like saving private ryan um i am I'm in for this journey. And each time I watch it, I feel like even though I know what's coming, mm -hmm. I don't know what's coming. And the other thing about it, because each episode's an hour, but it's a solid hour. There is, there's no filler. It's all like, it's, it's a real edge of your seat stuff. So if you've got any interest in uh, World War II, uh, historical uh, drama series, and you haven't watched Band of Brothers, then I think you need to remedy that. It's it's a good one. I'm going to be talking about it for a few more weeks, I imagine. And if you've got parents coming to stay for like a, a week over the festive period or something like that, it's again, it's another one of those ones that you can easily sit down and and watch with parents. It's a it's a great great choice for that. Just pick your episodes, you know. Some of those you you, you might get a bit teary in some of them. So I'm not crying. You're crying. And so, yeah, apart from Killing Eve and Band of Brothers and watching The Election and watching our movie of the week in, in The Walking Dead, that's pretty much all I've been watching. So I wonder whether, should we move on to The Walking Dead World Beyond? Yeah, and I guess before we do talk Walking Dead, just a reminder to anyone who isn't a fan of either The Walking Dead series, don't turn off. You can just check the show notes in the description and you can scrub ahead to the time index and uh, miss out this part of the conversation if it's not for you. So you want to start with uh, World Beyond, you say? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So this is uh, episode three of the World Beyond. Um, I'm. What did you think, Paul? What did you think? I, I have to say these characters are growing on me. I am... I'm so impressed with how well they've they've cast them, and you know, I've said before, you never quite know when you what you're going to get with younger actors, and and I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I'm not as tolerant as some people, but when when you cast young people well, you can end up with a really great show. And I'm thinking, if you think about that guy who played Five in Umbrella Academy, or the gang in Stranger Things, you know, that's what we've got here. We've got a gang that's really working well. I really enjoyed the story. I felt like there was a real good balance of, of humor and sadness and action in this episode. I, I feel like this was the strongest episode so far. What about you? Yeah, I, th well, I think the last episode was probably slightly better for me, but I am still enjoying the direction that we're going in. I still kind of stand by, I think all three of these episodes as an initial launch would have been a real strong offering and it would have got me really excited for where we're going because I think the first three episodes are really about them leaving, them um, going on their own journey and then connecting back up together and continuing on their quest. And I, I think I enjoyed the backstory last week more. Right. Whereas the backstory this week, I felt like there were still lots of things implied, lots of things kind of still to be unraveled. And I, I, I just keep coming back to do we – you know, we've only got 10 episodes per season. Do we need to have too many big what-if moments? Maybe we just need to kind of be punctual with what we're trying to say. The one thing that did surprise me this week is I expected um, when Felix and co caught up with the, uh, our young group of World Beyonders, I thought there was going to be more of a, a saving hero moment where mm. they were making their way through the, the tire 
burning tires and um, Felix and Joel had to save them from a, a sticky situation. But they kind of all of a sudden were just there um, and, and it caught up with them. And I, I sort of I felt like it was a bit of a missed opportunity. But look, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm intrigued where it's going. I am ready for more. It's interesting you say that about uh, the Felix character because there was a couple of things I was going to sort of touch on, which maybe I'm getting a little bit twitchy about. And so, so when when Felix did catch up with the the gang, I I started thinking, oh look, I hope we're not going to get a, a situation where, um, you know, it's the, the adult versus kids vibe, and you know, oh look, you guys are in danger. You don't know what you're doing. Oh no, you need to let me do this. No, you need to let me protect you. There, you know, there's there's too much real life there for me, and I think I want these four kids to be autonomous and. I want them to not be reliant on on Felix and um, I've forgotten the name. Is it Huck? Yeah, the the other character. Um, and the, the second thing I was going to say, because I've got some more positives to say, but the, the second thing that's kind of making me twitchy, we're three episode three episodes in, right, Dan? Okay, so what I can tell you, this show has not given me so far, and I don't know if it ever will, is the tension. Maybe it will eventually, but not not for a while. It's not giving me any tension. When these characters are in a dangerous situation, I mean, I would love to be wrong because, my word, it would really shock me to watch something happen. But I don't think we're going to lose any of these four characters in, like, the first ten episodes or, or the first season or whatever. And I guess, you know, what, what are the writers supposed to do? Um, as an experienced TV writer, Dan, I mean, I, I guess we've got the answer. I would just say just don't bother putting them in too much danger, you know? It's it's interesting you say that, and I'm I'm not going to read out names because some people might not want this. But if you go into IMDb, some of the cast has ten episodes beside their name. Some of the cast has four episodes beside their name. So it does make me wonder whether is everyone safe? Wow. Okay. I and and look, that just could just be. It still needs to be updated, or it's you know it gets updated after each episode. Mm. But it's interesting that. There's only three of the characters which have got 10 episodes next to their name. Again, as a professional screenwriter, um, you know, we're often highly sought after for our, our views on mm-hmm. shows for how they could do it better next time. I would have almost liked to see, you know how they keep sort of going back, oh, in this episode in particular, they kind of go back. And I kind of forget that everyone's been killed back at the at the university where they're all staying. And I almost would have preferred a storyline where they witnessed the killing and they were kind of on the run, looking, seeking out the dad. Yeah. I kind of just felt like, oh, you've still got to find that out. And it kind of, for some reason, fatigues me a little bit that mm. they don't know that. I think that's a really good view. I hadn't thought about it like that. And it would take away that whole, no, we have to get back dynamic that I was just sort of, I don't want us to get caught into that. But um yeah, no, good point. Interesting what you've said about the ones with only four there. Maybe I'm wrong because, you know, I feel like this is a chance just to build the characters out, you know, get to know them for Nona Tonga. Let's see them become dependent for each other. Let's let's get the audience, you know, to, to bond with them and get to care about them. Look, and I, I think that this is, hasn't, that this has been updated real time. So I wouldn't, I would take all of that with a grain of salt. I imagine, I think you're right. I feel like we might lose one of those people but even then, will we? I, I, I'm with you. I don't feel like there's enough skin in the game at the moment to be really too concerned about any one of those characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like if we get to like a season one cliffhanger where all four of them are facing like a uh, a Negan 
um, season six Walking Dead type situation, then I'm then I'm going to be feeling real tense. But um, but just to go back to some of the, the positives, I made two notes here. One was uh, the, the the youngest guy, Elton. That actor who plays him, he's only seventeen. I think he's superb. Like he's really quirky. Um, I think he's perhaps the light relief, light relief of the series. I would say. Um, and the other guy, uh, Hal Cumpston, um, I found in this episode his his background, that sort of exploration, really interesting. Seeing seeing someone as a kid being treated real badly, not having the best childhood, and then having you know, a real horrific scenario like he did, um, you know, where he's strangling that other kid, you know, and all kinds of things going on. And then being forced to deal with all of that and grow up in this environment, not in a, a normal civilized environment, and just that's harsh. So, you know, that's got my empathy dialed right up. I, I found that um I, I found that story uh, really, really good. And, you know, I I just I just feel like uh, we're going on a bit of a journey of these guys getting they're getting it balanced nicely with the backstory plus some good humor it's um it's very watchable is how i feel and i didn't feel that when i go back to like early season one fear the walking dead for example yeah i i thought i still stand by this is probably a good entry point for people into the walking dead universe it, you know if this is if you don't watch any other walking dead this would be a way to kind of get amongst that universe if you're interested i'm kind of like you i I think there's things that they could do better, but it's only because I think we're kind of deep down, we're actually passionate about this universe mm -hmm. and we're interested in different ways that it can be explored. But at the end of the day, I'm with you. If, if there's an episode ready to watch, I'm going to watch it. And it's, it's, it's definitely not bad enough not to watch. And it's, I think it's good. It's, I'm intrigued to see where it's going. What about Fear the Walking Dead, Dan? What do you think about, uh, so this is season six, episode two? Wow. It, this is a tough one because, so I really rated last week's episode of mm. Fear the Walking Dead, mm. probably across the whole series, a, a, a top episode, particularly about a, a single character. I think my biggest struggle and this is probably my own. This is this is this is all on me. Is I kind of just forgot where we were up to with that story with the wider wider characters. I forgot what we were doing with them, and mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I spent the best part of the hour trying to be like, ah, oh, who are you again? Ah, oh, that's right. Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, you're that girl. Ah, oh, okay. And though I overall enjoyed the episode, it's. I think because you know we've just had we've gone back into episode the, the final episode of season ten. We're now talking world beyond. It just it was muddly in my mind. I've got some I've got some thoughts about some of the the core scenes in there. But before I get into that, what what did you think? Well, firstly, I just for any any listeners out there who may be having deja vu, this this reminds me of Daniel Wedding from episode. 34 who also said oh look, i kind of forgot where we were i was like surely in the last seven days this guy's found the time to watch a recap video maybe i'll send him one because um because look i get what you're saying because i was exactly the same last week but i did um look i'm giving you a hard time i know exactly what you mean it's, it's sometimes it's hard to do all these things right and why aren't they why aren't amc putting together a previously on the walking dead type scenario before the episode starts you know a lot of series do that really really well um I really liked this episode. I thought it was solid. Like you, I really rated last week. And I think after a, such a great season opener, I was actually 
I almost felt a bit worried going into this that it was going to be, you know, hard to live up to that standard. And I didn't want to see this show fail because it's had its critics. But this was another strong episode. Um, I thought it was a great little story. It had a certain amount of conclusion around it. Um, Morgan turning up again, looking awesome, you know. And then when he did turn up, I was, you know, I was so the, one of the characters that what's his name, Daniel, who, uh, you know, appears to have lost his memory. I was totally and utterly convinced that he had lost his memory right up until the final scene when Morgan turns up and he drops that act. And I love being fooled by that sort of stuff. I really love being drawn in. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. The character, um, I always pronounce his name incorrectly. Uh, is it Lestrade? Le, I can't think how to pronounce it. Now. You know the guy I mean. His, oh, I'm going to have to look it up. But his character, Diana and I were talking about him um, after the episode had aired. And he's, he's, a, he's a real interesting dynamic on the show because I don't think we have a, a character quite quite like him a strand victor strand strand not strad strad strand his <laughs> half measure there we go he's so complex you, you don't know where you stand with him is he he's so uh, he's out for himself he's got an internal struggle going on he's been like that since we, since we saw him on the boat in season one um i really like how they're drip feeding us the characters as well that doesn't always work for me but now i think it is working for me i'm already looking forward to when we can see john and June and um, uh, Maggie Grace's character, whose name I can't even remember again. Um, I just, uh, John's my favorite character. I Althea. Think. Althea, thank you, thank you. Uh, I feel like it's a bit of a role reversal here. It's normally me coming in with the with the, the facts. So uh, thanks, Dan. Um, no, I, I really liked it. And um, I, f- I feel like it's a, it was a well-rounded story. Again, like I said last week, anyone who hasn't seen it before wants to give episode one a go. I reckon you could give episode one and two a go. And uh, if you're not in by two episodes, I don't think you ever will be. I um, like. I feel like Alicia, Victor, Morgan, Daniel, their their core walkings, fear the walking dead for me at the mm-hmm. moment. I am. I'm such a big Alicia fan, and I was. I've always kind of been a little bit salty. I guess that. She hasn't become the the lead of the show, but I still think she holds her own. Such a great character, such a badass. And I'm with you, Victor, so complex. You never quite know whether he's got an ulterior motive. Is he going to um, just save his, save his own skin? But mm. I think to your point, I was with you. I was convinced that Daniel had definitely um, lost his memory. And at the end, when the way they introduced Morgan into the scene by just showing the the axe. I was like, yeah, it's Morgan. Yeah, like, it was right. so great. And then he's like, and then Daniel's like, you need a haircut. And s- such a, a badass moment. Um, and I'm really, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Morgan throw down with our, our villain at the moment. I think that's going to be fun. I wonder, um, we, sh- we should talk about the the scene with the garage door and you know, people like getting pulled under there. It was like I felt. I felt like they were going for like a real classic horror vibe with that. Yeah, but I, I think overall it, it, it worked well. 
there was uh, this garage door comes up and then this liquid starts pouring out and i don't know what the liquid was called but and i didn't understand the word but diana explained it to me it's basically like sort of like a syrup or like a treacle so it was real real slippery real sticky and so once you sort of got caught in it that's it like you know you, you you're getting pulled in and you never got to quite to see what was inside and of course you were expecting there to be something massive inside there but well in the end there wasn't it was uh it was a real sort of like a uh, a horror type vibe um and i think the fact that we were led to believe that maybe there was something more behind that door than there was just the the, the thought of that and the unknown of that made that scene quite quite interesting and quite quite scary i i'll tell you one thing from the the walking dead is I'm hyper alert to looking at every walker that we see to see whether they're a whisperer. And I'm always kind of seeing if, like, can we see your face under there? Are you a whisperer? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one other character that I'm really looking forward to seeing more of is um, Austin Emilio's Dwight character. He's another oh, another yeah. favourite from, the, from right. the Walking Dead. Can't wait to see him back in there. And I think they've got they've actually got, now when you look at it, there's actually just as many great characters on Fear as there is over on, on The Walking Dead. In fact, you know, you've said it before, Fear could almost even be the, the high-pitched show. I'm not sure whether it's seen by that in terms of, like, viewer numbers mm. or where it's all heading, but I think they've, they've done some pretty awesome stuff with that. And I, and I still think there's a few um, surprises to pull out of the hat in the next season or so. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. That's The Walking Dead. People will be pleased we've um, wrapped that up quickly. I'm not sure who, who loves The Walking Dead out there, but obviously we do. So that's all that matters. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about us. So I wonder whether we'll move on to our movie of the week, Paul. Yep. So each week, Dan and I choose a couple of movies and we send them to each other. And we get to choose one. This week, I sent down two movies. And of my two, Dan, which one did you choose? Well, Paul, today I went with Harley Quinn. The Birds of Prey, um, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. So quite a mouthful for a title of a movie. Mm. And so this movie is basically it's open season on Harley Quinn when her explosive breakup with the Joker puts a big fat target on her back. Unprotected and on the run, Quinn faces the wrath of a narcissistic crime boss, Black Mask. His right-hand man, Victor Zayas and I'm not sure how you say that but let's let's go with that um, and every other thug in the city but things soon even out for Harley when she becomes unexpected allies with three deadly women Huntress, Black Canary and Renee Montoya Nice summary Just something I whipped together I off a website <laughs> what, did, what do you think? What did you think? Oh you go oh, Okay oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Um I wanted to, I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time. I wanted to see it at the movie theater and I never quite got around to it for one reason or another. And then we had this little thing called COVID-19 and that kind of put an end to going to see it at the cinema. And for the longest time, I've, I've actually been going to hire this movie on, on iTunes, but it, it's finally come out on uh, Neon in New Zealand on the um, one of our streaming services I had a pretty great time, to be honest with you. I, I kind of went in with – I didn't have high expectations. I just went in mm. hearing I've, – I've heard relatively positive things. I have to give this film some credits for just the um, awesome soundtrack, 
super bright, vibrant, colourful, lots of like awesome um, girl power, sort of feminist moments, lots of a, a lot darker than I anticipated it to be, but still done in a fun way. I had a great time. Yeah, so look, I did too. I came into this movie, I would, I would describe myself coming in pretty scared from the trauma that Suicide Squad had had caused. And I remember all too well then watching that trailer for Suicide Squad back in 2016 and thinking, this looks awesome. And then, of course, we all watched Suicide Squad. And this is why I can understand today when I look at it, it's only averaging 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. But in all honesty, um, this this movie is just a real real cut above that i mean it's way better and now this one has a 78 percent rotten tomato score so it looks like dc have managed to to steady the suicide squad ship um and in fact if it weren't for margot robbie playing the part of harley quinn i, I didn't feel too much of a connection to suicide squad so that was also um quite good and i think my main feeling coming away from this was that i had a real good laugh i felt like i would watch it again whereas you know Suicide Squad I'd probably only ever watch if I was doing like a DC Universe marathon when the kids have left home or something like that. But, uh, um, you know, it made me laugh. The stunts were great. Um, the fight scenes, the, the set pieces were well done. The 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 overarching story and that narrative being sort of, um, or the narration, I guess, from, from Harley Quinn's character was fun to follow. Um, no, there was a lot in there I really enjoyed. I think they did a really good job of not actually – using Jared Leto's um, Joker from the Suicide Squad, but still making you feel like you kind of understood the the breakup journey that she was going on. Correct. The one um, thing which I – and it's a bit of an obscure thing, but, you know, I've been – I've talked about before watching the Harley Quinn uh, animated series on Amazon Prime, mm. and that obviously deals a lot with Harley Quinn's breakup from the Joker as well. And watching this – like those, they, they kind of complement each other quite well. But at the same time, I was like, oh, God, we're still going on about this breakup. But I think they they, they did it in such a fun way. I really enjoyed your um, McGregor's character in this. Mm-hmm. I am definitely, it's got me kind of more excited now for the, the new Suicide Squad that James Gunn is producing. Yes. I would definitely go to the theatre and watch a, um, Birds of Prey uh movie or a, a second sort of harley quinn movie i think it's, it's it's got enough good stuff there to keep building and i think the unfortunate thing i think with the dc universe compared to the the marvel universe is the marvel universe feels quite nicely packaged to me it feels like there's a, they've got a whole bunch of a good quality sort of reset and i feel like dc has got you know they've got, obviously got like wonder woman's a good movie birds of prey is a good movie Aquaman's okay. That's a bit hit and miss on some of the Superman uh, movies, and it's it's a bit bitsy in terms of where where are the good things and where are the and where are, and where are the not so good things. And so I don't feel like it's a as connected universe. And because we're always kind of rebooting in this um, land, mm. it's they're kind of good to watch for one off. But you, I guess in a way, it means you don't actually have to worry about your connections to those other movies or having having seen them first. Yeah, look, I know what you're saying. I, I could sit here and defend Man of Steel and Justice League and Batman versus Superman, but let's not talk about that now. Let's uh, let's focus on what we've got at hand. I think you're right. Um, I, I feel 
like um this i'm i'm excited about the idea you know of, of a sequel as well i think um you know like you say having james gunn from you know gardens of the galaxy fame coming in i feel like there's a, a real good reason to be optimistic about where this this branch of the of the dc universe is, is headed um like you i really liked ewan mcgregor's character i found him real funny i feel like i don't see him enough of him these days um he's always amazing and you know he really dialed up on the swears in this movie which um was was quite good fun uh one piece of advice i'd give to people is don't come into this movie if you're feeling hungry because the start there's that bacon and egg sandwich creation scene that that's awesome and that sandwich that looked real good it was real good i would go one of those sandwiches right now that that's would what be I'm a saying. great a great dinner that's I think too the other thing, uh, just talking about the the bright colours and the and the action, like the scene where um, Harley basically goes into the police office and starts beanbag shooting everyone, blasting them with like yeah. glitter and paint and there's smoke bombs going off. Like it was just such a, a a wonderful scene, and I think what what they've done well here is they've actually given us. Uh, a bit of a detailed breakdown of Harley Quinn and they've brought Harley Quinn to life and you can kind of see how she's this eccentric, crazy, nimble, brutal, violent character. Mm. And they, they leaned into it in a, in a really great way. Yeah. Look, I, I think you're absolutely right. I was going to say something similar. There is a, there is a flip side to that. Um, I think, and that because it's got that f- fun angle, which is great fun to watch. Like you said, uh, I, I, I too particularly enjoyed the the scene where she had all the different types of like uh, glitter and different things coming out the gun that were just stunning people. The flip side is that is that because it's got that it's dialed the humor up and got a lot of funny one liners. I maybe I didn't care about the characters as much as I would have if if this was a little bit more serious. I guess it's kind of like Deadpool. I'm having a great time watching it, but if a character get take gets taken out i'm not so bothered so i did laugh a lot but i there was a part of me that would be interested i'm not saying i would prefer to sit but i would have been interested if this movie was made with like a like a dark night trilogy type feel and approach i think that would take away a lot from this type of character but at the same time i would have been interested just to have dialed the humor down just a fraction and this is where i think it's like I'm never quite sure where we're heading with the DC universe, right? Like because I think the the Batman, the Superman, the even Wonder Woman are a bit more serious, and obviously this is more in that kind of Deadpool vein. I've been been a little bit cheeky, but it equally doesn't kind of fit in that suite. And I'm not ever clear whether is it supposed to, is it not supposed to? Mm. I don't I don't know if it matters, but. Yeah, I think you could you could equally see a darker vision of this would be kind of great to watch as well. I would definitely watch a um, a Nolan version of this. I think that'd be epic. Yeah, and look, I guess at the end of the day, and maybe I'm not qualified to even know if this this statement holds water or not. But to be honest, I guess I never expected to live in a world where a Harley Quinn movie was a thing. And I, I maybe I'm not the biggest comic book reader, and so. For me, my only memory of Harley Quinn was actually when she appeared in that Jester's sort of outfit in the animated Batman series, you know, that black and red or what I've seen in like Lego Batman or, um, but you know, I guess, you know, we've got Ant-Man and Aquaman movies, Aquaman movies. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, so that's where Harley Quinn was actually introduced. She doesn't come from the the comic books oh. like uh, like other characters. So, so she stems from that universe and, 
Um, it, it's only been in you know the more recent years that she's kind of had a bit of a, a okay. transformation from the, from the jester outfit. But I again, I, I enjoyed the nod they gave to the the jester outfit Harley Quinn at the start of this movie, and I think they, they did a introducing some of those components through animation. I thought was quite a cool way. Yeah, no, I agree. Cool. So that sounds like it's uh, definitely gets the guns for me. All the guns akimbo. If you're looking for something to watch. I don't think you can go too wrong. I think it's a fun one. It's a little bit darker than you might expect. If you've got it on a streaming service that you've already got access to, I think you've got nothing to lose. Agreed. Everything you just said, Dan, good fun times. I love it when you agree with me, Paul. It's rare. I love it when you say, I love it when, no, you say correct all the time. You're correct. Correct. Agreed. I like it. This is what I like. I'm not going to set it up too bad. Would I be correct in saying it's time to go to the newsroom? Time for some news. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a hunch here and say you're going to start off, Dan, with some news about the Fast and Furious franchise and where it might end. You are correct, Paul, as, uh, as you like to say. So it looks like some news has come out recently with Fast and the Furious movies 10 and 11 ending the franchise with a two-part movie and it's going to be both installments directed by Justin Lin who's long been associated with the franchise as much as I hate to say it I think this is the right thing to do I think that um obviously Paul you'll be disappointed as a as a newer fan to Mm -hmm, the series mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but all good things must come to an end so new projects can be started and flourish in their own universe and I think this is one that could just go on forever and it would be good to kind of wrap up this I I think there'll probably definitely be some interesting spin-offs that come out of it but I think you know a movie that started off with stealing (laughs) um blu-ray players or dvd DVD players from truck ending 11 you know 10 movies later is is a pretty good effort Nice. Yeah. Look, I, I knew that um, F9 was already in the bag, but um, I, I thought maybe they had one more in them, but it looks like they've got two more. So um, they'll stretch it out one more, just like that Harry Potter finale, split it across two films. Let's go on a big bang. Let's go and get ourselves some, I don't know. What, what do you steal these days? If not Blu-ray players, what are you stealing there? <laughs> I think you've got to go to space. That's the only way to do it. You've got to take down some super villains. Correct. All right, so my other, I've only got a couple of other bits of news for you this week. So the other is a bit of news that um, Dexter is coming back for a a limited series um, release next year. And this is pretty big news for Dexter Dexter fans. So Dexter is one of those, another one of those much loved shows that ended really terribly. And it's never sat well with a lot of people. It's never sat well with a, quite a few of the actors on that show. It's a show that had some really epic seasons. And it looks like they're, they're finally coming back to not um, re redo the final season, but to kind of finish it the way that it needed to be finished. It looks like there's going to be 10 episodes they do keep using the word limited, so I don't think this is a renewal of Dexter. But depending on, you know, maybe what they do with it, maybe it's got some other opportunities as well. I'm definitely excited. I'm a big Dexter fan. This is one of those shows which I've actually thought about watching again. I feel like I say that quite often. But it's it's a good one. Were you ever a Dexter fan, Paul? 
do you know what diana and i started this and i believe this was me i just said i don't know if i i don't know if i dig this guy i don't know i just something about it didn't quite click for me and it annoyed me because so many people so many people talk so highly about this show and i really don't like it when everyone's into a show then i watch it i'm like i'm not really getting this i'm not really vibing it um and weirdly i feel like i'm getting fomo now at the fact that he's coming back right i'm really surprised i feel like this would be a show that's right up your alley and like do you know how do you know how far you got into it was it early days or was it a couple of seasons or i really don't i feel like it would have been like a season max season four dexter is some of the you know is up there with some of our our favorite Breaking Bad, uh, our, our favorite Better Call Souls, like I, I would encourage you to give it another go. Well, Diana will listen to this podcast, and no doubt she'll come walking up to me and say, "Lee, see, see, let's get it back on, and we'll, we'll be watching it before we know." Look, Diana, if you do decide to watch it, I'll start watching it as well, so that we can both talk about it. Because I don't want you talking about it and enjoying it. I want my slice of this as well. So. Okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll see. Maybe we do. Maybe we do. Um, what other news have you got, Dan? All right, one other piece for you, just quickly. Um, and this isn't confirmed news yet, but I think a really interesting piece of news. So this is a bit of Black Widow news so um, marvel's black widow and it's a movie that's been delayed time and time again um, for all reasons previously discussed around covid and what's interesting is there was recently an investor call at um at disney and there was a bit of push on that call to release this um on for video on demand Mm -hmm. and I'm really intrigued to see what they do because I know that they've pushed it back till next year. But if investors are getting itchy feet and they're like, let's put it out there, let's see what we can sort of start generating. What I think this is, you know, they've done it with Mulan. They've got the platform. They've got the ability to do it. I think if they release this, this will be a real big test for the market, right? This will be releasing Black, Black, Black Widow, not Black Video, Black Widow to Video On Demand. This could be one of those movies that if it does well, it, it could be the way we go in the future. And I know that a lot of people don't want to hear this. I have mixed views on it myself, but it sounds like particularly in America, there's lots of cinemas not not reopening. Some of them are, are struggling to reopen. Some of them, I'm not sure what they're going to be playing, apart from playing some of these sort of old movies. Mm. I would be keen to see it on video on demand. I... I hope they do something like this. I think this is the time to sort of try these things. I feel like at the moment we're just sitting on so many movies that, that we could be watching, and it makes me sad. I want to see them. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it is sad. I mean, it's just it's just what's happening right now. And uh, what, what what can anyone do about this situation, I guess? Oh, I really don't know. But um Okay, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm just going to steal the mic from you and go straight into my news because um, uh, I've got a couple of things here, one of which is uh, a little disappointing. I'll leave, I'll leave that one to last. Uh, firstly, on a um, positive note, um, Harrison Ford and Ed Helms have been cast to star in a ship, a, a shipwreck. Why can't I say that word, Dan? Shipwreck comedy. Um, and so just the idea of you know ed helms with harrison ford even if they were just playing themselves on a boat that gets shipwrecked uh i think he this the character that ed helms plays goes on this like midlife crisis and wants to go on a 
uh, a dream sailing vacation but ends up shipwrecked i just think um that could be really really quite hilarious talking of funny the lego star wars holiday special um will be streaming november 17 on disney plus and the poster that came out for that was i thought was quite funny if you haven't seen it look it up it's like a christmas card with a picture of a hand a lego hand with like a christmas bow around it and it says to luke from your father and i can't wait for a bit of lego star wars holiday special especially given all of the history that goes with the actual star wars holiday special which is one of those things that star wars fans never talk about right got him indeed and the final news which i guess um something i haven't talked about uh when we do our what to watch what are we watching section much is because i've only been a few episodes in i'm thinking i might stop is that uh, netflix have cancelled away so that's really disappointing um hillary swank certainly seems disappointed she's posted on her instagram account that, you know she's she's sort of talks about how it was it was a beautiful thing she loved it we wish we were still there um but this is one of those things where often I don't watch TV shows because I think I'll just give it a few seasons just to be sure that it it's... And I feel like I'm the curse. I feel like I'm the curse. Like I, I did it with Designated Survivor. I got that cancelled. I did it with Hannibal. I got that cancelled. I did it with Enterprise. I got that cancelled. I just feel like things I'm watching keep getting cancelled. So we're only a few episodes in. Um, yeah, I'm going to drop that. Isn't, isn't that um, funny, right? Because I, I'm with you. Like now that I've... Now, now that you've told me it's been cancelled, I'm probably definitely not going to watch it. And at the same time, by us not watching shows when they when they come out, we're, we're not telling the we're not telling the Netflixes of the world. I know what they want to hear about the numbers. I know, and I feel awful for that, and I feel awful doing that. But uh, I'm not going to lie on air. I'm not about it. I'm I'm just I, I, I there's too many other things I want to watch. I've just I've just got to I've just got to roll with the punches and the waves and just say that's it. I'm out. I think uh, if um, if Hillary Swank needs uh, needs a hot meal, she's coming to your place. Yeah, I think she'll be alright for some money. Hasn't she got like an Oscar under her belt as well? I think she's going to be just fine. Um, that's all I've got. So let's uh, let's go across to our to our mailbag, Dan. Um, so a couple of things in here. So last week our review of the movie Alita: Battle Angel um, that got. Uh, Heaps of uh, support from our fans, our fans, sorry, support from Battle Angel fans on social media. Uh, it got shared many times by fans who all seem to have the hashtag, um, hashtag Elita Army in their social media profiles. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, and you know those creatures in the movie that had their human head attached to those machine bodies? I think they were called like screw heads. Well, the actress Elle Lamont, who um, she's the actress who plays the main cyborg warrior hunter. In fact, if you look at any of the film's posters, she's easy to spot because everyone on that poster is dressed in blue, but she's actually in bright red. Anyway, she she shared our review on social media and she left us a, a little comment on Instagram as well, which was was really nice. Um, what else have I got here? Uh, oh, yeah, so just like Andy King from Taranaki, uh, we have another listener uh, who has gone all the way back to the start, listening from episode one. Uh, this is uh, Mike from Pamsa North. He's catching up on all the episodes. And he messaged to say that he just listened to our, um, our Doctor Who crossover episode with uh, with Paddy and Trisha from Time Traveling Team Podcast and said that even as an adult, he's still terrified of a John Pertwee episode. So this is the uh, the third Doctor 
where these giant slug-like creatures would um, burrow underneath people's homes and then eat the inhabitants. So if people wonder why anyone who grew up in the 70s and 80s are always terrified of Doctor Who, that is exactly right. Um, anyway, he's he's enjoying the podcast. He's going one at a time. Great if you're listening, Mike. We also had a few keywords come through from him as well. So he sent through a star scream. He sent through a mango and, and something else. So that's that proof that he's listening uh, not only is he listening, he's also making it through to the end of some of those longer episodes that we've recorded that went on for like, I don't know, it felt like some of them were like three hours, 47 minutes, that kind of thing, right? Um, uh, on the subject of listeners, it's always, I think, nice for us to acknowledge where we can see people listening to us, Dan. I think we've done this once or twice before. And, um, you know, we get people all over the place. Some of them look like they're just sort of like one-time listens or maybe someone's hit the wrong link and gone through to our podcast by mistake. But for those places where we've got like real consistent um, uh, listeners coming through, I just thought I'd give a quick shout out to some of those uh, listeners. Uh, you know, you may hear your region in this list. So here in New Zealand, uh, we have the Waikato region, the Bay of Plenty region, Canterbury region, Wellington region, Auckland region, Hawke's Bay region, Manawatu, Nelson and Southland. Um, a lot of our listeners obviously overseas, um, starting across the ditch in Australia. We have New South Wales, Victoria, ACT, Western Australia, Queensland, Tasmania, and even as far as the Northern Territory. From the USA, we're now well over 30 states those main ones that we have listeners from um, we have florida michigan massachusetts texas georgia washington pennsylvania illinois north carolina oregon colorado virginia and then the two big ones where we have a lot of listeners uh, ohio and california and then some countries where we don't get such specific location information but we can still see them england scotland germany canada republic of ireland south africa mexico and who's the one next in that list can't read it oh there we go sweden sweden who would have thought so um there are some other places as well but i just thought i'd just read out some of those those main ones because uh we appreciate the people that keep coming back and keep listening to us that's the mailbag that's awesome. So I'm presuming, Paul, that no one wrote into us about Utopia and whether I should keep watching. We didn't have any responses on that. I did check across all the platforms. So sometimes what I found, some of the listeners, some, sometimes like when people write in about peak performances, there can be like a couple of episodes. Also, people are obviously listening to the podcast as soon as it drops, which is, you know, obviously shocking. Outrageous. It's outrageous, right? But um, sometimes they're getting to it a couple of weeks late. But um, we'll, we'll check back in on the mailbag next week to see if anyone has any advice for you on, on Utopia. And if you do want to get in touch, the social media uh, platforms we're on facebook twitter and instagram pinterest you can find us at half measures pod and uh, always pleased to hear from anyone who's listening in who's got something to say or a complaint to make indeed indeed thanks paul so it must be time for our peak performances so much like our movie of the week every week paul and i pick a different actor and an actress and we we talk about what we think their peak performances are so this week uh, we've gone with Lucy Liu and Will Ferrell. So, Paul, I'm going to let you choose first. Who would you like to go with? I'll start with Will Ferrell. Um, I will say I'm 900% certain that I can guess what your peak performance for Will Ferrell will be, so I won't mention that movie at all to see if I'm right. Um, this... I, look, Will Ferrell, he's 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 just he's just that funny guy. I don't think I'll ever be able to take him seriously. So if there's a serious movie he's been in, I haven't seen it. 
I will say I really enjoyed him in the Lego movie as Lord Business. Somehow his voice and that animated Lego version just came together really well. And whenever I hear his voice now, without sort of looking at the screen or whatever, that's that's the movie I think of. That's where I sort of associate him with. Um, there's heaps of others. I mean, Anchorman, he's good in too. That franchise has a lot of fans and his character there is very, very funny. Um, my runner-up though, would actually be his character, Ashley Schaefer from Eastbound and Down. I think he was in like about six episodes and they were always just so great. And I guess if you haven't watched the show, this might not make sense, but somehow he managed to upstage Kenny Powers and really be even more of a dick than Kenny Powers was, which is pretty difficult given what Kenny Powers is like. Um, so that was quite incredible. But my, my winner would actually be um, Will Ferrell in Daddy's Home with a special mention for Daddy's Home too. Um, and so I guess at this stage I should, you know, I'd like to point out that we're probably a long way away from classics such as The Godfather, The Shawshank Redemption, Star Trek Nemesis. Um, you'll understand that joke when you get there. Um, but look, look, it's okay because there's a reason why we watch all these comedies, right? So, you know, those movies are just as important as all those other serious movies. They're not going to win the big awards, but imagine our lives if we didn't have them. Uh, Daddy's Home is his funniest movie by a long shot for me. His, I think it's the chemistry with Matt Wahlberg, who plays that younger, cooler, biological father versus um, Will Ferrell's uh, step stepdad role. Um, maybe not being in quite such good shape as Matt Wahlberg. I think that was part of the joke there. Uh, he's, it's the funniest I've seen him in. And yeah, some of that was probably down to Matt Wahlberg being also one of the funniest people I've ever watched on screen. So the two of them together, but yeah, Will Ferrell played that role really, really well. And I don't often rewatch comedies as much as I used to, but that's another one I would sit down and the sequel with Mel Gibson. <laughs> just, just incredible. What have you got done? I think this is my favourite thing about uh, peak performances is I have never watched Daddy's Home. Is it Daddy? Daddy? Da- Daddy's Home. Da- Daddy's Home. What's it called? Da- Daddy's da- Home and Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home. Right. Sounds like such weird – the word Daddy's is, is weird. Um, I have never watched it, but I'm kind of intrigued because it's one of those ones, again, I regularly see on Netflix. But you've just sealed the deal for me. I'm putting it on my watch list. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to – I want to I see what you're all about, Paul. I'm glad that you mentioned Eastbound and Down. I think one of my favorite ways to see Will Ferrell is actually as a surprise cameo or interesting side character. And I think, you know, one of my one of my favorites <laughs> you're right. I'm just, you're right. Uh, I don't normally do this. I apologize. I just started looking at some pictures from Daddy's home and just looking at Will Ferrell's face was enough to just start me laughing. I'm really sorry. Please carry on. No, no, no. Um, I think, you know, like these uh, and wedding crashes, mm. um, when he, like the, the expert wedding crasher. And it, 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 just when you get like just a little three-minute scene with him, it, it's often where you get some real genius. And I really love that. But um, I look, I'm a, I know that Will Ferrell isn't for everyone, but there's, there's three movies that I want to call out, um, with the, the final one being my, my peak performance. And so the first one, and they're all kind of similar movies. They're kind of slapstick, and you you either like this style or you don't. And I think one of the things for me, and, and I've found over the years, is the real test of a Will Ferrell movie is, can I rewatch it? And if I rewatch it, 
it's normally a good sign because there's some where I'm like, oh, God, there's no way I could sit through that again. Or I've kind of been like, that wasn't that funny. But it's I often find where I get my most laughs is if I find somebody else who has watched the movie and then we talk about the jokes and then the jokes mm-hmm. become part of mm-hmm. our um, vocabulary and it just becomes a real fun time. And so the three movies where that's really happened to me is number one would be The Other Guys where – uh, Will basically plays a he's a detective again with Mark Wahlberg and uh, just such so, so funny. Um, so he's detective Alan Campbell and he's kind of he's actually he's got this super hot wife and he's he's got um, he used to be a real badass and he's kind of like you know really toned it down and really enjoyable and I, I think just such a, a powerful combo. The second would be. Um, Will's role in Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. So this is where he plays a, a NASCAR driver. Yes. Again, just like, you know, the whole shake and bake, the whole um, – just, just so so. it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but lots of enjoyable moments. But my my number one, as I'm sure you've predicted, mm-hmm. Paul, this is one of my favourite movies, no matter how badly it scores – is Step Brothers, and I can watch this movie any day, any time, and it will give me a laugh. And when I I went to see this at the movie theatre, and when I came out of the movie theatre, I was kind of like, oh, that that was all right. But over time, it's one of those movies, every time I watch it, it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier, and I just enjoy everything about it. It's stupid, it's dumb, but it's, it's so great. There's so many great cameos in there as well particularly Adam Scott's character or um, Catherine Haynes' character. Like, it's it's so good, so good. I Peak performance, Will Ferrell, Step Brothers. I, I love it. If you, I think, don't at me. I think, yeah, I think it's a fair call. Look, at the end of the day, it's scoring 7 out of 10 with over a quarter of a million votes. And I think, as comedies go, that's as high as they generally get, right? I mean, we talked about it before. Your, your nines, your high eights, I, I say, for those – Saving Private Ryan type films, right? And this is this is something different. So I think that's as good as it gets. And I remember enjoying this movie for sure. Um, and you just talking about the other guys uh, with Matt Wahlberg because I'm a massive Wahlberg fan. Um, even Matt Wahlberg in real life is is hilarious. If you haven't seen Matt Wahlberg on the Graham Norton show when he's drunk, you need to go and watch that episode right now. I I remember. I remember having stomachache just from laughing so much and just tears rolling down my face. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Matt Wahlberg drunk on, on a chat show. Um, if he's in the other guys with him, with Will Ferrell, those two combined are dangerous. I think um, I may have to may have to look at watching that one as well. You, you've never seen it. I, I, I one of the wonderful things about my 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 brain then is that. I may well have seen it and I've just forgotten at this moment. And I'll, I'll go out after I finish the oh, podcast yeah. and I'll say to Donna, oh, we should watch the other guys. And she'll be, we watched that on the 17th of November, 2019. Well, I don't remember exactly what we were doing and what I was eating when we watched it. I remember nothing. Um, I can remember, though, that you uh, you chose Lucy Liu as your um, peak performance actress of the week. So... Shall we? Shall we? Shall we switch over to to, to Lucy? Um, I'll just bring up some details for her. So, who's going to kick us off? Do you, Do you want me to go first? You go um, on this one. So look, uh, look, Lucy Liu, another really awesome actress, and the one I something I really have to give uh, Lucy Liu credit for is her amazing betrayal 
as uh, Dr. Joan Watson in Elementary. Like, I'm just such a big fan of that TV show. <laughs> I will drive to your house and I'll kill you. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. I just wanted to say that just to see what your reaction would be for. And I, I that's why I also volunteered to go first because I was like, um, this joke's not going to work if you go first because you're definitely going to mention this TV show. Um, so, no, anyway, let me be serious. Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. So, no, in all seriousness, a, a, a lot of – actually, done a lot of great TV shows and, and a lot of great movies. And I think for me, uh, runner-up, I'm actually going to go for an animated movie. I'm going to go for her role um, in Kung Fu Panda um, as Viper. And Kung Fu Panda, such a great series. Love seeing Lucy Liu in there. I, I kind of feel like that was right around the peak time of Charlie's Angels, um, another great movie that she stars in. But for my number one peak performance, and I feel like I bring this movie up time and time again because it's definitely one of my favourites, is Lucy Liu in Kill Bill as Oren Ishii. Incredible character. Everything about Kill Bill, I'm all about it. I, why haven't I watched this, Paul? I, I talk about it constantly. I need to get this. We need to get this on as that movie of the week. But I think her her portrayal as Irene, and it just just so good. I, I enjoyed everything about it. I can't speak highly enough. What about you? Great choices. And uh, firstly, just to retract an uh, apology on my 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 threat to drive to your house and kill you was was really uncalled for. I wouldn't do that mainly because I'm far too frugal to waste that much money on petrol. Um, I feel like I uh, I haven't seen much of Lucy Liu lately, but when I look back at what what she has been in, most of most of what I've seen her and I've always enjoyed. I remember her character in Annie McBeal was 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 really really good, and I didn't even watch that show, you know, religiously. I just sort of whenever I did watch it, I was found that she was she was really good and real funny in it. Opposite, um, you know, another one of our peak performance actresses, Drew Barrymore, um, as one of the Charlie's Angels. Great entertainment in those movies. I always remember enjoying her the rapport that her character had with Matt LeBlanc's character in one of those movies, or maybe both. can't remember now. Um, but my runner-up would be um, her role as as Oren Ishii in, in Kill Bill. I, I seem to recall her being in part one more than part two. Um, and like you, she was just fantastic. She was, she was correct. Correct. Good. Thank you. She was terrifying in this, you know, like she just was so ice cold and just looked lethal, like one movement and you'd be dead. Like I just thought it was a, a brilliant role for her. Really, really great. But um as you've alluded to, Dan, far and away, my peak performance has to be as Joan Watson in the TV series Elementary. I I I I love how I predicted stepbrothers and you predicted elementary. It's it's just yeah, you know, it's a little bit too predictable, wasn't it? The the world of Sherlock Holmes and the various incarnations that exist is a very special thing. And so when when anyone gets cast in the role of Holmes or Watson, it's always something I take a, a great interest in. Um and I do know before you even try and mention it that um uh Will Ferrell and John C. Riley have that that Holmes and Watson comedy movie. Um but putting that one to one side uh, when I when I heard that um, Lucy Liu had been cast as Watson, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't sure. But holy heck, she is awesome in this role. She really holds her own against Sherlock, and not all of the Watsons do, depending on you know the, the version you're watching. But she really brings something new to the role. Really great chemistry opposite Johnny Lee Miller. 
and she's got a, a great sort of face that sort of says, you know, I'm sick of this face that she gives him when she just cannot take any more of his bullshit. It's just, it's classic. Um, a great performance, a great series. Actually, just looking at it, I just remembered that we still haven't seen the seventh and final season that came out last year, um, mainly because, like Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, just to get that dig in there one more time, um, I can't find it on any streaming platforms here in New Zealand. So, uh, so yeah. Are you telling me uh, Star Trek Lower Decks isn't available in New Zealand? Yeah, have I never mentioned that before? No, just, just a few million times. Mm-hmm. But That's our peak performances. Um, that's... That's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that I'm serious. No, that that is the end of the show. Um, it's it's been great talking to you again, Paul. A special shout out to our Patreon producers of the show, Samara King and Trisha Brady. Thank you again for your support. If you too would like to become a Patreon, help us keep the lights on here. Then the details are below in the show notes, but it's patreon.com forward slash half measures podcast. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, just like half measures podcasts, main sponsor for many weeks, uh, the Rod and Mary podcast podcast network have done so today. Um, please get in touch with us at halfmeasurespodcast.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you about anything. Yeah, look, anything. We, we're here for it. And so we'll be choosing our movie of the week again shortly. If you want to find out what that is before we talk about it, make sure you come and join our Discord channel. It's all very friendly and civil over there. All welcome. It's a great place to find out on some of the news, some of the um, other stuff that other listeners are watching. So, yeah. Look, until next week, everyone. Adios.